and welcome to episode 11 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And joining us today, a special guest from the Ink Panthers podcast, Mr. Alex Robinson. Hello, everyone. It's me, Alex Robinson. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I love right. TAP. Well, this is a, uh, a special minute uh, for, for all of TAPDOM. This is Minute 11. And Minute 11, uh, we begin, we're still in the limo. And uh, Tommy, the limo driver, uh, lets us know what he thinks about rock and roll. We end with Big Bottom, and David's talking about bum cakes. And then in between, the limo ride wraps up. And we're back on stage for another performance from Spinal Tap. And I'm going to jump into uh, to start off this minute. This is actually something a little leftover from minute 10. And just a quick note about the groupie that is in the back of the limo with David, Nigel, and Derek. The groupie is played by Jennifer Child, and she has two entries in IMDb. She is known for This is Spinal Tap in 1984, where she plays Limo Groupie, and 1981's Nice Dreams, which is a Cheech and Chong film. Oh, yeah. Where she is Blondie Group number five. Blondie Group? Blondie Group number what five. Is a, what's a Blondie Group? I don't know. <laughs> you mean Blondie Groupie? I, it, it, I'm, I'm thinking it's been a while since uh, I've seen Nice Dreams. I'm wondering if there's a group of blondes, and she's the fifth. That's in the group. Oh, okay. That's, I'm just trying to put it together. I'm not really sure. But yeah, she's credited as Blondie Group, not Groupie, Group number five. But that was just, yeah, so that was a little holdover. In case you were wondering, that that cliffhanger from last week of who's in the back of the limo with the band, Jennifer Child. Great. And so we are in the Where Is She Now file. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And actually, speaking of currently in the Where Is She Now file, I actually have a little um a little business to take care of too. So Alex, when we watch the minutes where we first get to see the band playing Give Me Some Money as the the Tamesman, the Thamesman. We were speculating that even though the bassist is supposed to be someone different, that it might actually have still been played by the by by Harry Shearer. But, but it I, wasn't. We, yeah, but it wasn't. So I um you know my research meant just going to IMDb and looking <laughs> at it. it was extensive IMDb research, just looking and noticing that it's um, Ronnie Pudding is the character name of that bassist and. Mm. Uh, so Ronnie Pudding is the character. He plays the bass for the Thamesman, and he is played by Danny Korchmer or Danny Cooch. Danny Cooch is his Cooch. name. And Danny Cooch is his only IMDb credit as far as acting is This is Spinal Tap, because he is an actual, very, actually quite a busy New York-based session guitarist. So mm. he's the real deal. And I'm not going to go through all of his um, stuff here, but what jumped out at me on IMDb is um, he worked with a lot of great people like Linda Ronstadt, Warren Zevon, Harry Nilsson, Jackson Brown. So a lot of, you know, 70s. Well, and and Carol King. Yeah, and a lot with Carol King. Very the lead. She 
Play, play, he played with Carol King. Hey, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we we go where our interests flow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wrote, he co-wrote with Don Henley, "Dirty Laundry," and all she wants to do is dance. Okay. And he also worked with Carol King. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys right, know so in the? Do you guys know in the um, uh, history of the band when um, David joined and and what the circumstances were between uh, Mr. Pudding no longer working when, with him? Um, so David's the uh, so he Derek, was playing when when Derek, Derek joined, right? Oh yeah, sorry, that's like just testing you. we passed the first test Mm -hmm. no i didn't you know i actually have all that information around here but i didn't look that up specifically so you'll be giving me homework for the next minute (laughs) you can edit that part out i didn't mean to uh i didn't mean to call you out that's okay well no what we'll just record the answer later and we'll edit it in Uh like of course derek um you know of course derek joined in 1970 edit here yeah i don't i don't know either the uh, the particular circumstances the uh, the the history of the band is um, somewhat shrouded in mystery. There there are some things that are very specific, and then some things that are just lost to to the sands of time. Actually, something will come up later uh, later this week. There'll be a minute where the band discusses some of their previous albums, and in doing research for. Uh, for the podcast, I was looking into those, and, and some of them have complete track listings, and, and some of them don't. Uh, some of the albums are out of print, and there's no record of the actual songs that are on those albums. So uh, I think that just adds to the uh, you know the mystery and the mystique of Spinal Tap. There's some of these things we just don't know. It's really a shame. I wish. I hope someone does like a Beatles anthology for Spinal Tap, and maybe like a box set or something compiling all their lost tracks and so on that would be it's a shame that they're not more uh widely acknowledged yeah maybe they can do something you know designed in like the shape of stonehenge or something one <laughs> of their on iconic set pieces yeah or a deluxe set you can go in and order it well and the set could maybe. be actual size of the stonehenge that's in the movie Maybe we'll get Shout Factory on this and they can combine it with lost yeah. footage and behind the scenes and such. Yeah. I have a feeling yeah, this, this podcast will be, we're just the first wave in a resurgence of interest in Spinal Tap. Fingers crossed. I see, <laughs> I see, I see good things. I see good things coming for the band in the movie on, on their then current tour in 1982. And I see good things uh, here in, uh, in 2017. And it's it's not just a fad. I don't care what Tommy says. And it's interesting. So I, I think I mentioned this Friday at the uh, the beginning of, of Tommy's little anti-rock diatribe. But this is 1982. Rock and roll has been around for 25 years at this point. It's here to stay. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, it's, if it's a fad, it's, it's, uh, it's quite a fad. But, uh, you know, Tommy, Tommy likes his Frank. He's got, you know. There's there's room in this world for all all different tastes, mm-hmm. and to demonstrate that we go from uh, from the limo to the stage in uh, in the Fidelity Hall in Philadelphia, where Spinal Tap is playing Big Bottom, and and one of the things we've mentioned before, and and one of the themes that will come up over and over again is that Spinal Tap does the things other rock and roll bands do. But they just go that extra level. They go all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so this type of song, this um, 
Ode to the Female Form. There's there's similar songs. It's it's I don't know if it quite rises the level of trope, but there's um, there's Fat Bottom Girls from Queen. There's Baby Got Back. There's there's other songs of this subgenre. Kind of on the other end, looking at a different body part, there's an ACDC song, Big Balls, which is similar in spirit, but again, it's it's a different body part. But back to that point about tap going the extra distance, uh, when Queen did fat, fat Bottom Girls, they used what's called a drop D tuning. And the, the lowest string on the guitar is an E string. Uh, open string plays an E. And drop D tuning is uh, tuning that string a full step down so it plays a d instead of an e which is so it's one note lower um, and that way the the guitarist gets a little bit more bass the the sounds a little bit deeper and thicker so what tap does in in this scene or this song rather than just tuning one string down they go all down and all three frontmen are playing bass guitars nigel and david instead of their usual six strings are playing bass guitars so they're they're committed they're like, we're, we're going to the bottom. We're going to a big bottom here with this song, <laughs> musically and metaphorically. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I feel like the butt has always been a popular, um, maybe other than, I was going to say, is it the most song? Is there, out of all the body parts that are possible, are, is the butt the most sung about? Oh, yes. I, I would... I would be very surprised if that was not the case. What I see now, what I just thought of is the heart, you know, the, <laughs> oh, the heart. Of yeah, the I guess heart. that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. But as far they... as something to physically admire and comment on, I yeah. do believe that. I think those heart songs, yeah, those heart songs, they're, they're, they say the heart, they're talking about love or affection. Not the physical um, heart. It's maybe, yeah, it's yeah. a little more metaphorical. I don't know how many songs are you talking about. You know, maybe from Temple of Doom, there's a there's a song where they talk about a physical heart ripping out of somebody's chest. But uh, yeah, there are a lot of heart songs. There's some hand songs. There's hand jive and, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then there's 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 True. the butt. Yeah, I'm looking at on Ranker. There's a website called Ranker, and they say this is the ranking of the best songs about butts. Hmm. And surprisingly, uh, Big Bottom is not even in the top 30. Oh, it's not even no. in the top 30. This is, uh, this is a crime. We're going to have to write in, mm-hmm. complain, formal complaint. Oh, you know what? I, uh, I, I redact, I withdraw that. It is, in fact, number 10 on the list. Oh, good. I wish it was number 11, but I know, that's, number 10 It's was. clearly not fanned. <laughs> Although it looks like it's voted on by the public. So I guess if, if less people voted for, so more people need to vote for a Bootylicious by Destiny's Child to make <laughs> Big Bottom a drop a rank to, uh, to get in there. Yeah. And, you know, I, as, as what often happens here, even though I've watched this minute numerous times, it wasn't until we really started talking bottom that I realized... Yeah, then they really concentrate on the gentleman's bottoms during this mm-hmm. minute. We're really yeah, seeing so, a yeah, lot the, of uh, butt in the next couple of minutes. Yeah, the documentary crew gets in on the, the spirit of the song. I think mainly Nigel is well, the butt we see the most of. Yeah, and speaking of Nigel's butt here, I'd like to know who wore it best. Nigel or Bob's big boy. <laughs> Cuz he is really 
wearing some big Bob's big boy pants right here. He's got his big boys on. Yeah, he's got the <laughs> red and white checkered. I I go Nigel. I think he, <laughs> yeah, he you looks, gotta go Nigel. He yeah. looks, you know, and and not just this minute, but particularly this minute. Nigel is not unattractive. No, I'll say that if, if someone looked at Nigel and said that looks good, I would I would nod and say I you know I'm not going to argue with you. And then he's it's an interesting ensemble. So he's uh, once again our three front men, David, Nigel, and Derek are wearing. And I say tights, spandex. They're wearing very spandex. tight pants. Yeah. Nigel's are red and white checkered, like an Italian restaurant tablecloth, or a Bob's Big Boy. And then he's wearing a I don't know if it's a it's a vest or, or like a sleeveless shirt, and it's either leather or plastic. It's something shiny, and it's got some zippers, mm-hmm. um, but it's also tight and and sleeveless. So he's showing. You get to see the guns. And yeah, the the uh, the posterior is accentuated by the tight pants. And well, once again, give the people what they want. Give, yeah. give the people. Yeah, once again, we're we're giving the people what they want, and it's all the people whatever they want because we've got five guys that look like they showed up for five different concerts. <laughs> There's five different outfits going. So whatever you're into, David once again is is a couple ruffles short of a pirate shirt. He's a silk blouse with very puffy sleeves. And and once again, Derek looks like uh, he's either stepped out of a pet store or an S&M club. It's all belts and leashes and collars. <laughs> he's secured in his beltings. Yeah, he, it's like a safety harness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I noticed there's, so, and there's, there's no handcuffs. So something happened to the handcuffs. Between this um, gig and the last one, yeah. we noticed in the last one he's actually got hang- handcuffs dangling from a chain off of that same, yeah, that same thing. What other things did you um, notice or want to comment on, Alex, in this particular minute eleven? Well, you mentioned um, the documentary um, film crew, and I know there's been. Uh, I know the band was not happy with the way. You- the documentary turned out that that DeBerge kind of focused on all the things that didn't work out and stuff to make them kind of look bad. But uh, I noticed a, um, I guess, a continuity error in this because if you look while they're playing the song in the very far in the background, you can see um, Liam uh, dance like standing backstage, and next to him is Janine, David's mm-hmm. girlfriend, dancing. So clearly, she was not a part of the tour at this time. So. They must have taken this from later in the tour and make it seem like it's happening earlier in the tour. So uh, that was just. So, so I think it just it just adds to the unreliable. It it lends credence to the fact that they weren't necessarily trying to tell the honest truth in the movie. That they were kind of playing, the, you know, skewing it a bit. Yeah. So I yeah I actually noticed that too. I think so. Ian Faith is back there. Right, Ian. My but later on when he's wearing his name tag and it says Ian Faith, my husband said. He's got a name tag that says Ian Faith. And I said, that's his name. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe he plays more as a Liam. But um, I uh, actually noticed that, too, that that's Janine back there. And mm-hmm. and we kind of reconned to the minute before, because in the limo, the woman that the groupie that Sean mentioned has a similar look. Mm-hmm. She has a similar feathery, bouncy blonde hair. But I do believe, like you said, that this is Janine and that also they try to obscure her with right. 
the way they yeah the way they cut this together. Yeah, she she's usually blocked out by Nigel, but if you look around uh, second thirty seven, mm-hmm. you definitely see her. And then I think it's more noticeable in the next minute around the around second forty nine fifty. Gotcha. Of minute twelve, you see her again. Yeah, so it, it doesn't really fit in that they they introduce this as uh, being a performance at Fidelity Hall in Philadelphia which was the the next city after New York. So it's too early in the tour. It's kind of a shame if they didn't tell you where they were. I, I had noticed this and I was trying to think of, all right, how do we explain it? And I was thinking, well, if we just separate the the offstage stuff with the onstage stuff, because there isn't there later on, there will be some connection. But for the most part, this is a straight documentary of what happens on tour with some performances kind of peppered in throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And if you just separate them, then it's fine. Then then it doesn't really matter um, for the most part. But in this case, they know. They say, oh, no, no, this is definitely early in the tour. This is the second show that they're playing. And yeah, there she is. And and I think this is Alex. You This may uh, ring some bells with you. I did come into the podcast uh, really set on that this was a perfect movie. Or, or as perfect as a movie could be. And no matter how many times I watched it, no matter how much I scrutinized it and broke it down minute by minute, nothing was going to change my mind. And, uh, and it didn't happen. <laughs> I could not withstand that there are, there are some, some very small issues such as that that we are finding. So it's, uh, it's still pretty darn good, but we have to admit it's, it's not perfect. Well, I don't think I don't think imperfection is a reason not to love something. I mean, you know, I, I, like I I love Star Wars, and uh, but I uh, I'm aware there are you know wonky bits to it and flaws, but nothing is perfect. So you know, if you're going to reserve your love for things that are perfect, it's going to be a uh, you know sad existence. So I think embracing the imperfection is is what leads to uh, greater acceptance and and fun. Yeah. I agree. I agree completely. And it definitely hasn't. um, I only love this movie more now looking at it moment by moment. And I didn't think that was possible. (laughs) So anything else for this minute, guys? Or um, if not, then we'll start wrapping up minute 11. Uh, The only other thing is um, the drummer. um, Is it Mick? Mick Shrimpton, Mick. Mick Shrimpton. Yeah. Uh, is wearing a shirt that says Poison, and it's tempting to think that is about the band Poison, but uh, this since this movie uh, was filmed in 1982, Poison was not really a, uh, while they were together at that point, they were not uh, famous enough to be, it's unlikely that the shirt is inspired by the band. So Right. It, in my head, it goes the way, other way around, that, mm, the, like that the band found out mm-hmm. about that shirt and said, Poison. There's our name, right. and and then they changed their name to, to Poison. And also, uh, in addition to the the T-shirt with no with sleeve, very short sleeves, or maybe the sleeves are cut off. Um, he's got a spiked collar and these mirrored sunglasses, and it's generally dark on the stage. But he's wearing, you know, he's he's wearing glasses. He's got these dark sunglasses, you know, because when you're cool, the sun's always shining. I figure sure. that's the uh, the reasoning there. Mm-hmm. I do have one one quick thing, just because we we did a little bit of talk on uh, what the guys are wearing, sure. and I just want to give equal time. Well, not equal time, but I just uh, quickly touch on on Viv Savage on keyboards uh, is wearing his black and white striped shirt 
He just looks like a mime to me. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Just the black and white. Hmm. Um, Not surprising that you would pick out the mime look. <laughs> it's also kind of a traditional sort of a sailor shirt look, but I guess you could go mime. <laughs> sure, sure. A nautical mime. Yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, we're going to be here all week, so I think we'll keep this down to, uh, you know, the 20-minute-ish mark so that we can keep on rocking all all away through till Friday. Uh, so I think at this moment, I'm just going to say um, we hope you've enjoyed the 11th episode of Spinal Tap Minute. You can stay connected with us by visiting SpinalTapMinute.com. You can find all of our links and details and all the pertinent info over at SpinalTapMinute.com. Also, if you're so inclined, you can swing on by our Spinal Tap Minute Groupies Lounge on Facebook and, and join the conversation there and, and talk about all things tap. And Alex, if uh, if our listeners want to hear more from you, do you have a podcast or anything they can listen to? <laughs> yeah, I um, I yes. sometimes show up on uh, Pete the Retailer's podcast, Star Wars Minute, which you can get at StarWarsMinute.com, and uh, it's on iTunes and uh, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Not sold, you know what I mean. <laughs> Bartered. Yes. And yeah, just and uh, go ahead, Sean. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, Heidi and I were both big fans of uh, what's happening over there on Star Wars Minute. And uh, that was a big inspiration for uh, why we do this, uh, this podcast, One Minute at a Time. And, uh, you know, just a little tip of the, the cap and a bow to, uh, to one of the guys that, uh, you know, kind of made this format the popular movement that it is, this movies by minute thing. So uh, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. And I just wanted to comment before we um, head off into the sunset tonight is that my t-shirts that I've gotten that are designed by you on StarWarsMinute.com slash merch, I believe, are some of the most popular items of clothing that I wear. (laughs) And I just wore the the one that's the mashup with the yellow submarine style to... uh, a, a day out in Sacramento with my friend. And I I had um, three different people not just compliment me on it, but we actually stopped and they got out their phones, looked up and bookmarked <laughs> the website and said, I've got to get one of these t-shirts. So Well, awesome. Uh, you, your, your cut will be, uh, I'll send it to you. Is, is Bitcoin okay? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Great. Um, all right, then. Shall we um, send ourselves off here, Sean? Yeah. So this has been Minute 11 of Spinal Tap Minute. Uh, until next time. And so say all of us. Tap, tap into, into America. America. Tap, tap into America. Beautiful. Flawless. <laughs>